the grace of God, um, God put a message on my heart as a follow-up on what we said last Sunday, let's talk about Jesus. And there is a reason why God gave that message. It is in preparation towards the Easter period, the season where even those who are unchurched or those who don't love church or who don't want to have anything to do with Christ still find themselves in God's house or they find themselves in the church environment. And the kind of world we have been brought into now, I'm talking about the era we are living in, the era where there's a global pandemic, where people are afraid, let me use the word in quote, afraid to move, you know, there is a tendency for that fear to hinder our strategic move when it even comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, we are in an era where almost every news is bad news. Today you are with somebody, somebody was even just telling me just a few seconds ago, I was chatting with this person, and then the next moment I hear the person is gone. It's not user-friendly, it's not pleasant. All manner of attacks, spiritual attacks, physical attacks, attacks on people's health, attacks on people's finances, but I can assure you, child of God, that in the midst of all these things, the world that we live in hasn't seen anything yet. Amongst the plagues that have been documented in Scripture in the book of Revelations, none of them has started yet. I'm telling you, none. And I mean none, because those plagues will be released upon the earth after you and I are gone. According to Scripture, we have said before and uh, I believe in the not-too-distant future, God will make us do a program I call End Time Series. And we'll bring back all these things I've been sharing since February till now about the end time. And then you will appreciate that we haven't seen anything yet. Because God has not appointed you and me to wrath. It is only when we are gone that the world will begin to wonder. Is that how it is like? Men and women will... will, will will have a distaste for this world. They will discover for the first time that it is because we were around. And in fact, it's because we are around. That is why there's some taste in this world. We are the salt of the earth. The reason why lives are preserved till today is because we are here. Salt preserves. I hope you know that. You want to preserve you know, food and then you, you sprinkle salt around it. That's the reason why lives are preserved. We are the reason why lives are seasoned. You find people going through seasons of joy because we are the seasoning factor. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. People are enjoying some light because we are around. So we, are, we have come to an era where the world should be made to know that in the midst of all the evil news, the bad news, news of this one that was a, a course mate, a classmate, a colleague, a neighbor, a friend, a spouse, an uncle, a niece, a nephew. Going, they just go like the way fowls die. That is how human beings are exiting the earth. And yet the world still hasn't seen anything yet. So until we become strategic and purposeful about the gospel, we will fold our hands 
and nothing will happen. And yet God is counting on you and me. Can you tell somebody by you, God is counting on you and me. I'm telling you, we are the hope. The church, when I say we, I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. And we have made reference to as the house of the Lord. Because the house of the Lord in the last days shall be exalted on top of the mountains. And established on top of the mountains. We are the reason why God has still say, I mean, reserve others to be saved. Because if we don't reach out to them, I'm telling you, they will perish. Truly they will. So this morning, the Lord put on my heart to follow up on talking about Jesus because we must be purposeful and be strategic in our dealings with people. You sit in a vehicle and then you strategically introduce a conversation that will bring the good news of Jesus Christ in that conversation so you can tell somebody that there is hope. Because when you work with people and interact with people, all they express is fear of the unknown. And yet we know the end. We know that our end is the glory of God. Our strength, thy grace, our rule, thy word, our end, the glory. I said, our strength, our strength, thy grace is our rule, thy word, and our end. Our end is the glory of God. Proverbs 4, 18 says, But the path of the righteous, the path of the just, is as the shining light that shines more and more. Other version says, Brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. So for us, the hope of the world, it can only get better. But it doesn't mean that we will just sit aloof. God wants you and me to be strategic in the midst of the global pandemic. Be strategic about soul winning. Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. You may not be an evangelist, but for us, what Paul told Timothy is what God is telling you and me. He wants us to be evangelistic in our, in our pursuits. Because what are we here for? It is so that others will not perish. It is so that the soul who should not perish will be rescued. Hallelujah. And I bring the message under a title today, Rescue the Perishing. Tell somebody, Rescue, rescue the Perishing. You know that song, Rescue the Perishing, Care for the Dying. Jesus is merciful and Jesus will save. How you have no idea the longings of Jesus to save others. And so those who are watching may get the scripture on the screen, but those who are listening and those of us who are here, you can open your Bible and then we read 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 from the New King James Version of the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses um, Just a second. Alright, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 from the New King James Version. Apostle Paul writing says, but even if our gospel is veiled, the King James says, if our gospel is hid, or in modern English we say hidden, 
And I hope you know what is hidden. Something that you cannot see. In other words, some people cannot see what we are talking about when we say good news. Because they can't even fathom it. What is good about somebody dying? Like I just illustrated, you hear death of this and that. So for them, Jesus is just one of those people who also died. And so there is nothing good about this news. If our gospel is veiled, if it's hidden, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The King James says, who are lost. And please take note of those two words. Either lost or perishing, both are from the same Greek word. Our gospel is veiled to those who are perishing, to those who are lost. Let me end verse 4 and then I can, I can now come back to verse 3. Verse 4 says that, Whose minds the God, and you see that God here is spelled in the New King James, small g-o-d. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, so shine on them. You see that God wants the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, to shine on men. But something has happened to those who are lost. Take note, they are not going to be lost. They are lost. It's, it's amazing now the new King James calls call it they are perishing. But the King James is very emphatic. They are lost. And God is not, how do I put it? He is not apologetic about that statement. They are lost. Means they are lost. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you there? They are lost. And I want us to just think about it. You are there and then. Maybe you may not appreciate what it means to be lost. In John 3.16, that scripture that we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The same word is translated in this 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. Lost, perishing. Perish is the same word, and that word actually means in the Greek word, it actually means to be utterly destroyed. To be what utterly destroyed, utterly destroyed. You are talking about somebody who is cast into outer darkness. When we say somebody is lost or somebody is perishing, we're not talking about oh, he doesn't have food to eat, that is just for this life. We are not talking about somebody who doesn't have clothing to wear. We are not talking about somebody who doesn't have shelter. You see, in the UN Convention, let me say the basic need of life, they have reduced it to just the human existence. But they have not made provision and room for the spiritual existence. There is a spiritual dimension to the human life. And until the nations of the world make room for such provision, people who live in this life, they can get food to eat, they can get shelter, they can get clothing, the basics of life, and still perish, and still be lost. So God is looking at something bigger and greater than what we call perishing. For instance, in this global pandemic, you find hosts of people, I mean millions of people have died. Is that not so? It's not about the death. 
Because the first death is not the issue. Death, we have established, is separation. When somebody is separated from his physical body, it's not the issue. As painful as that experience may be, as hurting as it may be for you to lose somebody you are affectionately bonded to and close to, and all of a sudden the person is gone, as painful as it may be, that is not the issue. The issue is, where did the person go? Sometimes, and not sometimes, almost every time in all our funerals, all we talk about, whether the person knew Jesus or not, is, oh, he was a nice person, he did this, he did that, we know he's going to be with the Lord. Well, we are not judges. Only God, even the worst criminal, only God can tell whether at that moment of death he departed and went to heaven or went to hell. But we who are alive and have the opportunity must be strategic to rescue the perishing, those who are lost. Because to be lost means that you are already one foot deep in hell. You are seeing the person flourishing here on earth. He's doing well in business. He's doing well in his investments. He's doing well in his marriage. He's doing well in his finances. Yet, as far as God is concerned, he can see the person is already in hell. That's what it means. And in fact, not just hell, but actually in the everlasting fire. Because to be lost or to perish here has to do with to be utterly destroyed. In other words, you are already cast into the everlasting fire. Think about it. Please think about it. That you have an uncle, you have an, a, 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 an auntie, you have a relation, you have a friend, you have a colleague, and then Though you are all doing the same program, living in the same community, eating from the same bowl, and yet that person is already one foot deep in, in the everlasting fire. So this morning, in talking about Jesus, God wants you and me to be strategic and purposeful that we will deal with that blindness. Let me bring that scripture again in, in, in the... In the in, in the verse 4, he says, Whose minds the God, and we'll be praying very soon, okay? I'm glad that we spent some time praying today whilst there was a break. Whose minds the God, talking about Satan, Bible calls him the God of this age. Why? Because he is the one in charge of the, of the, of the atmospheric heavens. That is the immediate surrounding of the earth. Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air. He controls and manipulates events, especially against those who are light, so that once light is quenched, then he can dominate as darkness. But so long as we are here as light, we got not to give him that room. Like Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So we must be strategic. We must be, look at what Jesus, I mean, the scripture told us. It says that, submit yourself therefore to God. Do what? Resist the devil and he will flee. So long as we are here, we've got to, we've got to be able to deal with this blindness on the minds of those who do not believe. Don't take it for granted. Oh, he doesn't believe. And so you leave him to perish. You leave him to go into the everlasting fire. Such a soul Jesus died for also. Such a soul, you may not know, like Apostle Paul, who was so blinded to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was still practicing the Mosaic law, and he was a Pharisee of Pharisee. And as far as the, the righteousness of the law was concerned, he was blameless. In killing people, he was blameless. But he didn't know that the law 
had ended. He didn't know that Jesus had lived under the law and fulfilled all the demands and the requirements of the law and had abolished the law and introduced a new law called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He didn't know. He now wrote about it in Romans 8 too. But he didn't know at the time. And he had even gone for letters giving him the authority to now arrest everybody who walks in that way and mentions that name to kill them. And you remember, he was the first person to supervise the first martyrdom. Stephen was stoned to death under his instruction. They laid their clothes, you know, by his feet, meaning that I am the one in charge. So he was a murderer. That's why he calls himself the worst of all sinners. Say, Christ Jesus came to save sinners of whom? He didn't even say I was chief. He says of whom I am chief. The man knew where God took him from. So had such a person not been prayed for, do you know Stephen prayed for him? Whilst they were stoning Stephen, oh, I like Stephen. He followed the path of the master Jesus. He said, Father, do not lay this sin to their charge. Is that what Jesus said? Or that's what Stephen said. Let me just, Jesus said, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. But Stephen said, do not lay this sin to their charge. In other words, don't hold them accountable. I believe that if Stephen had not prayed that kind of prayer, probably, probably, the light of the glorious gospel would not have, you know, shone on the way of Apostle Paul. He was then called Saul. That is his Hebrew name. And because he was sent to the Gentiles, he was given a name that will make him acceptable among the Gentiles. So he, his name is Paul, but that is the Greek version of, of Saul. And he met a light that was brighter than the noonday sun. You can imagine, noonday sun is bright, and this light was brighter. And that that light blinded him on the way to Damascus. And then he, he the, the, the voice now said that, Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? He acknowledged the lordship of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Then he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. When people are fighting the church, actually they don't know that they are fighting the head of the body. Then, he now told him that it is hard for you to kick against the pricks. Jesus told him. In other words, what I have set in motion, you can't fight it. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Many people are out there, they think that they can be strategic in, you know, putting some uh, impediments and some restrictions on the church. This thing called church didn't start from now. I was listening to one man of God who was talking about, you know, those days, those who were translating the Bible, like Martin Luther. Martin Luther, uh, uh, not uh, Martin Luther from uh, USA, okay? But Martin Luther King, he is, yeah, the reformer. The, the one who started the reformer. Martin Luther was translating the Bible from, from Latin to English. Is it from one language to Latin or Latin to English? One of them. And then Satan just appeared there. You don't know what Satan has fought. He appeared there. But thank God he had the audacity. He knew who he was. So he took the ink and hit, you know, his, Satan just wanted to mess his translation up. But thank God, we still got a translation. He took the ink that he was using because those times they didn't have pen and paper like we had. He had to use ink to be, can you imagine this whole big Bible translating with ink and on those um, scrolls? 
Hmm? Writing. And then Satan just appeared just to intimidate him. And this is Satan's intimidating tactics. He has not stopped doing that. So he took the ink and he hit, you know, he was hitting Satan and he ended up splashing the ink. And as if to say, now I've, I've spoiled your work. You can't translate it again. But he continued until today we have the Bible at our disposal. How about those whilst translating the Bible or while distributing the Bible, they were they were they were bent on the stick. They were they were they were they were tied to a pole and set fire under them that stop this thing or else we kill you. And they didn't stop. And today we have the Bible. People have paid the price, and it is about time that you and me at this last minute not lose sight of why God has allowed a global pandemic. He wants us to talk about Jesus. He wants us to be strategic about our talk by rescuing the perishing. They are, they are those who are lost. Some of them are in our neighborhood. They are lost. But we've got to start praying that the God of this age who has blinded their minds, that blindness be removed from their minds. Because our gospel is veiled to them because they can't see. When you are talking about Jesus took my place and your place. Jesus Christ carried my sin and your sin. Died my death and your death. They can't get it. I mean, how do you mean by he, get, he took my sin? Yes, he did. That is the gospel. Hallelujah. Alright. Let me share with you another scripture. Okay. And that will end it so that we can pray. Another scripture from Jude. Jude gave us a clue as to how to go about this. This whole thing. Jude is one chapter, verses 20 into 23. We are used to the verse 20, but you let's go into 23 and then you will see what Jude admonished us to do whilst praying. He says, But you, beloved, build it up yourselves. You see, you can be so focused on yourself that sometimes you lose sight of the big picture, what God wants to do. He said, Build up. So it doesn't start from rescuing the perishing. I just took from verse 20 for a reason. In our in, in this time that we are living in you've got to, you can't give what you don't have. Is that not so? You've got to be able to live afloat. The storms of this life are meant to drown us. The enemy comes in like a flood with one mission to drown us and we have learned over the years that in the midst of this global pandemic instead of focusing on the storms of life, focus on the one on the inside. The Holy Spirit on the inside learn to engage him in constant and continuous communion. And in our communion, we build ourselves up. What does that mean? It means that you, you see, he compares our life to a building. We have the substructure and then the superstructure. The substructure is the foundation. That is your most holy faith. He calls our faith most holy. Our faith is so precious, you have no idea. Then it says that it's not enough to lay the foundation. If you want to build and you lay the foundation and you don't build on it, is that a building? Many of us have faith, but we don't know that upon that faith must be built you. Build your, in other words, the faith, the same faith, you can use that same material to build your life up. Then it says, how do you do it? Praying, say building up your, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So whilst we are building ourselves up, then he told us in verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. This is what a lot of us have not been looking for. When we are building ourselves up, we are only building ourselves up for this life. But he says, whilst building yourself up on your most holy faith, keep yourselves in the love of God. Don't stray. Don't use your faith and your prayer to be killing others. 
Are you there? Don't misbehave with your faith and with your prayer, but keep yourselves in the love of God. Then it says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we are looking for the day where God will finally bring the redemption, the adoption of our bodies. That's mercy. Oh, please think about it. You have no idea, people who have lived in this life, and maybe they have one maimed part of their body or the other. They don't have hands. They don't have limbs. The only hope for such individuals is Jesus Christ. Because in Christ Jesus, he will show mercy where throughout eternity, if they have Jesus, they will have regrown limbs and, 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 and legs. Or any part of the body for that matter. There are those whose uh, breasts have been cut off by cancer, for instance. But in the, in the world to come, there's new breasts. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. It's mercy. That's mercy. God wants to tell you and me that this body is not the final picture. For flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 50. There is something that God has reserved for us. Immortality. He's reserved for us an incorruptible body. A glorified body. So he says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We know that when he shall come, he shall consummate our salvation. And then our eternity shall be complete. And forever we will live in that realm and in that glory. Praise the Lord. Alright. Let me not get distracted. I'm still preaching. You can attend to hell. Alright. Then in verse 22. In verse 22 he says, And on some have compassion. Hallelujah. Amen. Please, are you there? Yeah. We are talking about rescue the perishing. And on some have compassion, making, the King James says, a difference. The New King James says, a distinction. There are some, we've got to, we've got to know that, look, if we don't do anything about this individual, he will be lost for life. She will be lost for life. Compassion is love in action and on some have compassion making a difference and I pray that God will stir in me and in you a heart of compassion to appreciate what it means to be lost because oftentimes we just look at oh look at how people are perishing the many people are dying in these nations and God says that is nothing oh like the Nigerian will say that is nothing it's not about the millions who have died. It's about where are they going? Because in the mind of God, if such individuals don't know Jesus, they are actually descending to hell. Where Jesus descended to, Jesus paid the price for us in hell. So they ought not to go there again. But day in and day out, people are descending to hell and from hell to the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Are you there? And some have compassion, making a distinction, making a difference. And then the last one, verse 23. Say, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. What does that mean? Let me explain this verse. Others save with fear means that, see, 
I fear for this brother. It's not like you, you are afraid that something will happen to you. You just know that if you don't do anything about this person's salvation, he is lost for life. He's perishing for life. And see, we've got to fear that. You don't have any idea. Maybe we have not appreciated the magnitude of what it means to be lost, to perish. It means that sometimes, you know what I do? I can tell you an example. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the temperature in the, atmos- I mean, I mean, the afternoon can be as high as 38 degrees Celsius. And let's say you go and sit in your car. Because the windows are rolled up, okay? And then there's so much heat concentrated in the car. The moment you sit in the car, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. It will burn your bottles and burn your back. The moment I go through that experience, do you know the first thing that I said to myself? I said, hey, nobody should go to hell. <laughs> I don't complain about this thing, so never. You will not hear me say, oh, the weather is too hot. Never. It all, I always use every circumstance to make me understand and appreciate what it feels like to go out there. I will tell myself, nobody should go to hell because if this one alone is burning me like this, how much more when you are talking about fire that is unquenchable? Even to the extent that the worms, the Bible says the worms that eat up the people's you know, flesh do not die even with the fire. So apart from fire burning, there are worms running, worms in the midst of the fire running through your, whether your bones or your flesh, and you are suffering not for 100 years, not for 200 years, it is what? Forever. That's why it says, but are they saved with fear? It's like, you've got to be afraid that, hey, it's not negative fear here. You're talking about, Lord, you die for this individual and he's still going to where you have already gone. Whereas affliction should not arise a second time. When Jesus went to hell, it means nobody should go to hell again. And yet millions keep going there day in and day out in the midst of the global pandemic. How many people have, quote unquote, died so far? We will use the word perish. How many people have died so far? Do you have an estimate, the millions of people globally? I'm asking a question. Anybody have the answer? About two million, maybe more that we have not even understand. Please think about it. Of all these two million souls, have they all gone to heaven? We must be strategic and purposeful about rescuing the perishing. I'm telling you, because every day, every day now it has become a common phenomenon where you hear that oh, this man was here. And like yesterday, I was with my dad and my siblings. We're coming from somewhere. And then when they were discussing a funeral on the, is it 20 something? Then, but me in my mind, I know that this person, I just met her, we spoke, blah, blah, blah. So, I didn't even know that the person had even died that day. I didn't even plan her program for funeral. So I was like, ah, when did this woman die? So, sorry, we didn't tell you. I said, really? Ah, but I just, I'm like, what? So is that how it has turned to where people die and it's like you don't even know about it? Satan is taking advantage of a phenomenon. And it's just because he knows that if I don't kill this person, chances are that he will believe the gospel. Chances are that his mind and his eyes will open. And then he will be rescued. So we too who are in Christ, who know the truth, must be purposeful. That's my message this morning. 
purposeful and strategic. And the first strategy is to start praying for such souls. Save. He says, but are they saved with fear? Pulling them out of where? The fire. Pull them out of the fire. Hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. In other words, men might be beer about them and your corner. It's like, don't think that, oh, this person has so much. So that is it. This person has, no, even the garment that is spotted by the flesh. Don't hate it. In other words, don't admire the beauty of the one who is lost. It doesn't matter what the person has. It doesn't matter what the person is enjoying. Hallelujah. Please, are you there? Yes. Glory be to God. All right, let me end my message because we're going to pray. Praise the Lord. Amen. I end my message on this note that you and me, and I mean you and I, must be purposeful, strategic, intentional about our <clears throat> looking for the loss. Some of them are living with us in our homes. It may be a house help. It may be a colleague. Maybe a neighbor. It may be a spouse. A spouse who has not believed the gospel yet. It may be a child, a nephew, a niece, an uncle. Can we rescue the perishing? I'm asking, can we? Should we? Then stand to your feet. Lift your voice. And let's begin to pray for those who are perishing or who are lost. Across the globe, there are those who must be saved with fear. Bible says, and of, it says but are they saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire? And remember 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, he says that whose minds the God of this age has blinded. First and foremost, we are praying and saying, Lord, every blindness on the mind of this brother, of this sister, we remove it in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Can you get me water? Yeah. and let's pray. He says, save with fear. If you could not do it, he wouldn't tell you to do that. We have what it takes to, to save. We can do that through our prayer. Let your life even be a witness that, hey, Jesus saves. He still saves. And he can save that brother. He can save that sister. Thank you. Rescue the perishing. Rescue the one who is lost. They are not going to be lost. They are lost. In the mind of God, in the sight of God, they are lost. Somebody pray for you and me. Maybe you don't know. That is why we are saved. It's not... It was no coincidence we came to know Jesus. Somebody must have been strategic 
about his prayer for you or a prayer for you. As we prepare towards Easter, first week in April, we want to be strategic and evangelistic in our purpose and in our approach towards others. That we will rescue the perishing. That we will save others with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Meaning they are already in the fire, and yet they don't know. They may have all the wealth of this world, yet they are in the fire. How dreadful that is. How, how dreadful that is. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we pray. Bring deliverance, bring salvation, bring, bring salvation. Let the blindness in the mind and in the heart of those who are lost be removed. As we go about our duties in this season, preparing towards Easter in April, Father, let the lost be found. Let those who are perishing be rescued. Let them be saved. Let them come to the, to the, the revelation. Let the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ shine unto them that they will also be saved. In the name of Jesus, oh my Father, we call on you. Let souls be ransomed from the grip of hell. Let souls be ransomed from the grip of Satan. The God of this age who has blinded your minds. Loose your grip of your minds in the name of Jesus. Loose your grip of your minds in the name of Jesus. Loose your grip of your minds in the name of Jesus. We bring salvation, the light of salvation, the knowledge of salvation to those who are perishing, to those who are lost. Let there be salvation. Let there be deliverance. Let there be healing. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can I say this? We're going to pray again. Sometimes you may not know why you may be praying for maybe somebody who is sick, who is going through maybe financial hardship, going through some difficulties, some marital attacks, some confusion, and it's so hurting. Maybe the person is a relation. You may not even know why God will seemingly delay answers to such prayer. First, if the person is a believer, it could be that God wants to teach the person what we call patience. Someone say patience. patience. Because for us as believers, I'm telling you, God, right from the day he brought the Israelites out of Egypt till today, he, he, he knows what is in man. The Bible says that he knows the intents and the thoughts of our hearts. He told the Israelites that as you are going to the promised land, the land is flowing with milk and honey, but be sure that this same thing doesn't become a trap. Your prosperity can become a trap such that instead of you identifying why God has placed you in such a place, now you settle in comfort and then start misbehaving. And so, oftentimes, he did it to the Israelites, that is the church in the wilderness, and he still does it to the church in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Oftentimes, when God has honored our faith, we get so, so overwhelmed by the breakthrough that we want to settle here. So God says, look, I'm going to teach these people something. Other than that, their souls will perish. So he allows certain hindrances and delays just to teach 
patience. So that faith and patience will stabilize you. The Bible says in Hebrews says 12, that we should follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. What is the promise? The promise of eternal life is the ultimate. Is the ultimate. So if, and patience according to scripture is the anchor of the soul. I hope you know anchor. Those who have dealt with ship before, the anchor is what is used to stabilize the ship at, so, at, the, at the seashore so it does not drift. There are so many things that want to push us here and there. But God knows that if I don't build this anchor in them, they can, they can, they can misbehave, they can drift. The very thing that was meant to be a blessing can become a burden. And that's a, that shall not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. I said that shall not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. So you want to pray whether the person is a believer, that's you yourself or anybody connected to you, or an unbeliever. We are praying that we will find the wisdom of God. For those who are not believers, the reason why sometimes God allows a delay is because if God gives that breakthrough, and in fact, God does give breakthrough to unbelievers as well. The Bible says he makes the sun to shine upon the righteous and the unrighteous. And then in Romans 2, 4, he says, not knowing that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. The reason why God does good. For instance, let's say somebody is sick and the person doesn't know Jesus. Don't say that, oh, because the person doesn't know Jesus, then he cannot be healed. God can still use you to minister healing. But that healing is to bring the person to salvation. Are you there? It is like giving the bread of the children to somebody who Jesus is called as dog. But after the dog has eaten the bread of the children, repent and come to the, the fold as a child of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we want to pray and say, God, that you will teach us the wisdom of the seeming delays, the seeming unanswered prayers. There are a lot of prayers on our hearts, but Father, may we find your mind in the midst of what we go through, whether personally or others who have not established friendship with Jesus because the ticket to heaven is salvation if you don't have it nothing else matters you can get everything that you want he says what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul so for your soul not to perish for you not to be utterly destroyed sometimes God allows some hindrances both to the believer to teach you patience and to the unbeliever to just get them to repent I want to pray say God in your mercy, in your kindness, show us the wisdom of the seeming delays, the wisdom of the seeming hindrances. That we will, he says, that the psalmist said, that, no, uh, teach me, what did he say? That I may apply my heart to wisdom. How did he put it? The psalmist put it to you. That I may apply my heart to wisdom. Show me, let me know the number of my days. That, yes, that is Psalm 90 or something. Psalm Yes, that is Moses. He said, teach me to number my days that I may apply my heart to wisdom. To know that, see, Moses lived for 120 years, but it's still nothing in the sight of God. Are you there? I don't know how many days that is left for you and me here on earth. Whether Jesus will come before we will leave, which we are expecting, which we are working towards, or God will still hand over this work to the next generation. But whatever be the case, teach me, Lord, to number my days that I may apply my heart to wisdom. That I will know that it's not about what I will eat or drink or what I will wear. It's about the eternal purposes of God. What will happen to my soul if God grants me all my wishes? And I still don't have a personal relationship with him. That delay is meant for a purpose. Whether to the believer or to the unbeliever. Father, show us the wisdom to know why. Because everybody and the purpose 
for him or her. So my purpose may not be your purpose, but God has a purpose for all of us. Individual purposes, Lord, let them be known. Let them be revealed to us, even as we, we go through moments of seeming delay, seeming unanswered prayers, in the name of Jesus Christ, that we will apply our hearts to wisdom, that we will know the truth that makes one free, in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, that we will know the light, the light of the knowledge of the gospel will shine in our hearts more and more, that we will appreciate eternity, and appreciate your eternal work, oh God, and work towards that goal, in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Holy Father, that you will open the eyes of understanding, that we will know you more and more, that I may know him like I was supposed said, and the power of your resurrection, and the fellowship of your suffering. There's something called the fellowship of the suffering. There are some of the sufferings are not meant for evil. They are meant to teach us patience. They are meant to teach us perseverance. They are meant to teach us forbearance. They are meant to teach us long-suffering. They are meant to cultivate in us the virtues of Christ. Eternal virtues. In the name of Jesus, the character of Christ. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, O God. I pray, Holy Father, that we will understand and appreciate your eternal purpose. But why we go through what we go through? In the name of the Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. Blessed be you. Can we lift our voice and thank God for answer prayer? He does it exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Father, we give you glory. We give you glory and honor. You are the Lord. Let your name we give you glory, we give you glory, we give you honor, and honor. you are the Lord, you are the Lord, let your name be glory, you are the Lord, you are the Lord. You are the Lord, you are the Lord, let your name be glorified. We give you glory, we give you glory, and honor, and honor. Oh, you are the Lord, let your name be pray for every one of us. Can you lift your hands? Let's agree. Father, thank you, including those who are connected on radio as well as on Facebook. Thank you for the opportunity to be partners with your spirit to rescue the perishing, to rescue those who are lost, to save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Father, thank you for this great call you have given us that we can be partners with you to save others. We are praying that as we go about this mission, if there is any area of our lives that need your touch, be it our spiritual lives, be it our physical existence here on earth, in our material lives, in our marital lives, in our relationships, in our pursuits, businesses, careers, goals, ministries, in our investments, in our health, 
in our finances, in our academic pursuits, whatever concerns your people, Father, you did the greatest. You did not spare your son, Jesus Christ, but delivered him up for us all. And then you ask, how shall you not with him also freely give us all things? Let it be said that this week, expectations have materialized. Amen. Let it be said that this week, answers have been given to prayer requests. Amen. Let it be said that this week, her desires are granted. Amen. Because we have delighted ourselves in you, Lord, let her desires be granted. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. let your people experience overwhelming answers. So we will acknowledge that indeed this God does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Amen. May your name be exalted, Lord. Let the snare Amen. of the enemy over every one of us, let that snare be broken. Amen. The snare and the trap of the wicked one to, to, to make us be lost. We command that snare be broken. Amen. Every trap of the wicked one to, to, to keep anybody in any form of bondage, let the bondage be broken. Amen. Let every spell, every prediction, every projection, every machination, imagination from the pit of hell, let it backfire Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And if there is anyone under any form of satanic control, because of ignorance. Let the ignorance be removed. Amen. Let the ignorance be removed. Amen. That such individuals will come to the knowledge that see the greater one lives on the inside of us. Amen. He says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Amen. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That we will live the life of more than conquerors. That we will live the super life. The life that is above sin. The life that is above death. The life that is above fear. The life that is above disease. The life that is above sickness and infirmity. The life that is above any arrow of the wicked one. May we go from strength to strength. From grace to grace. From glory to glory. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you. And make it good. That which we have asked in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen.